to the We're Hard Show. Are we all at the same time? <clears throat> anyway. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the We Are Hard Show. I'm Kimmy B. And I'm Amber Kay. And we've got a special guest today. Hey. We're super excited. We've got Danny Danger on. Hi, everybody. Nice to be here. So good to have you. Um, so we're super excited. We're actually just going to dive right in today. Perfect. Um, our weeks have been fine. We don't need to recap. <laughs> <laughs> Normal, boring, and fine. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Getting laid and getting paid. Oh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we want to hear a little bit about yourself. So just kind of tell us like broad range of the stuff that you do um, and a little bit of your like background. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Danny Danger. Um... I am a performance artist um, in various mediums. I've been a performance artist the entirety of my adult life. It started when I was quite young, started with very traditional circus sideshow. So if you think about like glass eating and fire eating, um, a little bit more mainstream, things like that. As I got a little bit older, I kind of branched out into things that were a little bit more fringe, a little bit more difficult. So you're talking um, work with electricity, work with flesh hook suspension, and using those elements within the larger medium of, the larger mediums of say like burlesque or um, what I kind of settled into, which is like fetish themed performance art. And that can range from anything from, you know, light fetish play with, you know, whips and floggers and handcuffs to things depending on the venue or the country that I'm performing in that are, that also include live sex acts on stage. So super interesting. All of this is like done in front of people. Now, you said you started out with glass eating and fire eating. Yeah. Okay, so do you actually eat glass? Yeah, absolutely. So it's real? It's real. So what happens after you eat the glass? You have to chew it really, really well. So you can chew glass? Yeah, you have to masticate it properly. <gasps> How, what, okay, like what so is type there of certain glass? glass? <laughs> yes, yeah. Is this like fake glass? No. Like a wine glass? No, this thing? is, okay, so I'm sure you guys have seen like those prop bottles that they yes. use to like break over someone's head in a movie. It's okay. not, it's not one of those, it's light bulb glass. Like if okay. you guys want to pull down a light bulb, I would absolutely eat one right now. Like <laughs> if you guys got any spare light bulbs in the back, that's a non-issue. So now what does it do to your insides? Do you poop it out later? Do you see you, the, so the you light have to, bulb? So you have to masticate like it very very well. Um, I don't do it as often as I used to because, you know, as you get older, your digestive system changes a little bit. Trust me, when I told my dentist that, like, I used to eat glass for a living, she looked at me like I was crazy. She gave me that look right there. <laughs> like asking you how? She was like, what maybe, glass? maybe this is why you have issues with your teeth. Do you have issues with your teeth? Uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Then you said you went on from there and you started to do other things mm-hmm. like so do you have the hooks in your back? Um, I, I mean, I've been suspended easily over 500 times. Um, I've got scars on my knees. I have scars up and down my sides, in my armpits. Um, my, the up, my upper back looks like a goddamn landmine. It, so they hook your skin. Yeah, you're, oh. you're pierced with, well, at the time. I thought you have the piercings of the. No, you don't keep the piercings in. That's a, that's, that's a falsehood. Uh, you get new piercings every time for flesh hook suspension. Whoa. So and they do that in front of the audience Whoa. as they're Correct. hooking you. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, they do the piercings in front of the, I mean, it really depends on the venue. So like I'm booked out as a performer, right? 
So depending on the group that I'm working with or the venue that I'm working with, it's just like being a contracted entertainer. Sometimes they'll say, do the piercings in front of the audience. <gasps> Sometimes they'll say, okay, do the piercings in the green room because if I'm working with a band and doing a suspension for one of their numbers, they want you to come right out, do the suspension for the three and a half minutes of the song and then come back down. So it really depends on the people that I'm working with and like what, I, like I said, contracted performer, I'll, I'm a dancing monkey, dude. Yes, like what so, are you, cut so me a paycheck, you were know? Were you born <laughs> with like a low pain threshold? I was just gonna say that, like what type of pain do you experience yeah. when this is happening? Because uh, there is- Especially a fresh piercing. And then yeah. I notice you have something also protruding from your chest. I do. So that's like an, an actual implant. like implanted yes. cross. Yeah, it's a silicone subdermal implant. It's made with one solid piece of high density silicone. Okay, yeah. so it's like a breast implant in your chest. Um, It's similar. So the type of silicone, it's like I said, it's a high density silicone. So it's not liquid like you'd think about a breast augmentation. Sure. Say, like, and it's, it's like a, um, what you use to like bake stuff in, like or like a dog toy. Um, it, it has like the consistency of, of like a heart. mouse pad, that actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. Here, touch it. Oh. I do. Okay. Okay. Do it, okay. Do it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go to church now for uh, a week. Oh. You just <laughs> went to church. Oh. oh. <laughs> so so interesting. So yeah, do you feel pain? Of course I feel pain. Of and course I feel do pain. You you get pleasure out of that. Um. I think maybe in the larger scheme of things, I think there's a good possibility that my body might process pain differently than someone else. But realistically, I can't pretend to understand the content of someone else's mind. So the way that my body experiences, that's the only thing I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I, especially nowadays, if I have to sit more than 45 minutes for a tattoo, I'm, I'm in tears going, really? when's the next break? Yeah. Huh. So, so what's I, the most um, intense pain that you've felt then, like during one of your acts? Um, well, see, that's just it. Or are you so submersed in working that you're not even, like, this is your job. Right. So you're you're putting your body through this because you're actually going to get a paycheck in the end. Well, I did. And you're in your moment and you're in your character. And well, you're in your it's, it's the character for sure. And like, yeah, getting getting paid to do what I love is great. But, you know, I do it for the applause. Ah. <laughs> like, I'm, I, you know, I'm an ex exhibitionist at heart. So, so you enjoy like you enjoyed that I, too. Like you get lost in the actual yes, pleasure of it. Uh, I get lost in the pleasure of performance. And also when it comes to any type of like pain based performance that I do and I, we've only gotten to the tip of it. I'll be honest. Just there's, the there's, tip. yeah, just the tip, just this once. <laughs> um, so when when I'm doing a lot of this like pain based performance work, I have already pushed my body to the most amount of pain that I can possibly experience. And then once you do that, your body sort of naturally shuts off all of your pain receptors and will start just pumping out serotonin yeah. and dopamine and like adrenaline. So, all that. Yeah, and the adrenaline. So like. For example, if you hear people that like walked away from like a crazy car accident, but they're like missing a limb and they don't even know right. that they're missing a limb, it's the same thing. Okay. It's, it's your body's natural defense mechanism. Okay. Are you sore then after? Oh, good lord! Oh, uh, it's so always that's different. okay. Yeah, the day after, I'm always like, "What did I do to myself?" You know? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so you're in the moment. You, how do you prepare for these things then? Do you actually like practice any um, type of I Way? don't, you see, I don't, as far as the pain-based stuff is concerned, I don't practice anymore because okay. practicing just hurts more. 
Okay. True. So, so I just longer I, recovery. A longer recovery. I get out there and do it. The work with the electricity that I do is I I have a set of tasers, like police issue tasers that range between fifty thousand volts and five hundred thousand volts. And depending, <laughs> I literally just got chills on my leg. I feel bad whoever that. fucks you. Oh my god. Oh my Are you god. ready for a good time? You went. You're tasing each other. <laughs> <laughs> I've got you stories about that too. Oh, we want to hear. We want to hear. Best <laughs> orgasms ever. Just do your best. Tasing each other. Taste my privates. Taste my privates. Well, and I do that for my show. So, <gasps> like, depending depending on the venue, this is something that we had kind of yeah. touched on earlier. So, depending on the venue, really depends on how deep I'm able to get into a lot of these performances. So. It, let's just take, for example, the first one, the taser work, right? So if I'm doing like an all ages show, maybe I'll tase my arm, you okay. know, or the, the side of my neck, you know, and as the venues become more and more accepting <laughs> or, for example, when I was performing in Europe where a lot of these like puritanical laws don't exist. Um, I was able to incorporate more human sexuality into it as well. So whether that's like masturbation on stage while I'm doing some of these sideshow things, or it's like performing oral sex with another woman, like live sex acts on stage in conjunction with these things. So the, the tasers, for example, full nude burlesque striptease, and then it's, you know, I'm tasering my nipples and tasering my outer labia, and... Oh! So I, we, do you get off? We had, yeah, we actually discussed this. So. I get off more on the applause than I get off on the physical so pain. So is it, like, difficult to, like, have an orgasm in front of people, like, a group of people? That's, we were I like, mean, we're like, how would you do that? Because I would never be able to. So here's, so here's the thing, and, and I'm sure this is something you ladies both know, you can experience a sexual activity and not have an orgasm. Yes. Right? And still so, get pleasure. And still, and still get pleasure from the whole experience yes. of it. So the times that I've done a lot of these live sex acts on stage, I've got, like, ten different tabs open in my brain, and it's like, alright, is the DJ gonna get the music right? Is my lighting okay? So she Did I, did I forget to shave like three hairs over we here? Said like we yes. so, um, I I do the acts and okay. they're sensual and they're beautiful and I love them. But like I don't, I rarely, if ever, have like fully reached some type of orgasm in okay. front of like a live yeah, audience. So it's acting. A lot of it is acting. It's acting in but, the moment but, of pleasure. Yeah, but you're still yeah you're in the moment of pleasure and I I get there's a part that that dom part of me that dominant part of me that gets off say sure. if I'm doing a flesh hook suspension and there's like a woman eating my pussy out while I'm hanging from hooks I'm like just get in there you know <laughs> sure. and, and it's that dominant part of me that's like I get to tell this other woman what to do and there's hundreds of people applauding yeah. while this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am very sheltered. Where is this happening? <laughs> well, mostly in Europe. Europe. Yeah, like oh, not yeah. They're very sexually so, forward. There. Yeah, yeah. So, do so, you have to masturbate after then? Uh, I I like often I do it before you know and I mean? after. Like you're before like and up. after. Okay, yeah. You're so like you're the stage blue balls, right? Exactly. Yeah, you're like yeah. gypped, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. This is one of the questions I wanted to ask. Like, you have, probably have some crazy sex stories. So, what's your craziest sex story? I so I have a handful, right? Like and I was like, I, I, <laughs> if you got the time, I got the stories. Um, okay, so I, I looked at that question just a few minutes ago, yeah. and I was like, I got a couple off the top She's of my like, head. Let me write these um, down. <laughs> so, 
The first one is, I'll tell you a story to tell you another story. Okay. So I was living and working in LA and do, that's when I tried to do a lot of more like mainstream stuff. So I was doing reality television and like indie films and uh, a couple different like radio spots and things like that. One of the things that I did was I was a part of um, an elimination based reality dating show called Excused. Okay. Mm. Oh my God. I feel like I've heard of it. And I wound up winning my, oh my season. God. Yeah, I did. Which was crazy because at the time, like I was the oldest contender, the thickest contender. Like I got there and there's all these women younger than me and thinner than me. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to win. I, you? I swept I the whole competition. I was Fuck a little yeah. thicker at the time. Plus LA is like, if you're not, if you're not a sample size, then yeah. you're, you're fat. Yeah. 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 So LA is just like a different ball game. Yeah. So for excused, what they do is for these like reality shows there's a reason that all of the quote-unquote submission tapes look so professional and it's because they pick you and then they have you come into a studio and do like yeah. your audition tape right okay. so they had already picked me for this and i was in there filming my audition tape and one of their questions was what's the the craziest thing that you've ever done in bed and at the time i was like danny danger with a nine inch mohawk you know punk rock Love it. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I looked at myself and I looked back at the camera and you know, there's like a little panel of people, right? And one guy holding the camera. And I'm like, do you really want to ask somebody like me, what's the craziest thing I've ever done in bed? They're like, well, it's one of the questions. It's like, well, I fucked a midget with an ax once. And then, like, the camera guy kind of does this. So, like, on the tape, you see the camera, like, the camera angle, like, drop. And they're like, what? And I'm like, Duh. I used the handle end and I put a condom on it. So it was totally safe. Oh, my God. But here's the a thing. A man or woman? Female. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. But when they replayed it on television, they had to bleep out so much. They, they couldn't use the word midget. Yeah, obviously, midget, it's derogatory. Yeah, yes. And I've learned things since then, and I understand. But like, that's just me people, telling. I thought yeah, little, right. That sounds so even worse. I, just, yeah. I wanted to tell you the story in the encapsulation of that time and before I knew that there were different words that we could use, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that that aside, so I couldn't use that That's word. That's not that crazy um, anymore. Couldn't use that word, couldn't use the word ax because they said it was violent, couldn't use the word fucked, obviously, because it was yeah. a swear word. So when they aired it on television, it just said, I bleeped a bleep with a bleep bleep. <laughs> but I, but I, used, but I used the handle end and I put the condom on it. <laughs> oh my God, which could have been anything, Big really. Break. Yeah. Um, Use your imagination on that one. Um, so, I mean, that that experience obviously was fun for me. And the experience, what did you win? Uh, By the way, a, a, a paycheck. Like, it's, did you? Was it? A, it's a dating. It was a dating show. show. Do you get to date the person or take the money? Is that what it is? Or? No, no, no. So I got the money. They they like hooked me up with the person. But the thing is, in LA, everybody kind of knows everybody. And like the person that I wound up being with was somebody that like I had done music videos with. Like everybody kind of so you knew so, him already. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, we've already done this. So the show is rigged. I've don't already tell done anybody. You. All reality shows are rigged. I don't tell anybody. <laughs> Shocking. Let's, did, did, I don't know. Has my NDA from that run out yet? I don't I, know. I, I hope so. We might have to cut that. Yeah, we could cut that. <laughs> How long ago um, was that? Um, oh, God, like 10 years probably. Oh. Yeah, it was a long time ago. That's funny. I don't even think that they're shooting for the show anymore. Um, so there's that one. Um, another one of my favorites, obviously, when I saw this question, I knew I had to include this one. Um, so when I was in my early 20s, one of the perform, because I've worked with many different types of performance troops, one of them was an all lesbian fetish burlesque troupe called the Pussy Posse. 
Oh my God. So many stories from the Pussy Posse. (laughs) Um, So there were nine of us. I kind of like the Pussy Posse. Nine. Like, we all came in, like, various shades of queer, but we were all very, like, sexually open. We were all friends with each other. So we would tour and do shows together and, like, all sleep in the same hotel rooms or sleep in the same homes. And every time we did a photo shoot or a tour, it would always end in an orgy. Every time, without fail. So if you can imagine nine women all fucking each other. And because it's like a fetish theme, we had like doms and subs and tops and bottoms. So like there were like women, a few women were switches, but like everybody kind of had like a designated position. Right? Oh my God. So if you can think about this particular incident happened um, after one of our photo shoots. You know, we kick all the boys out. They're like, all right, girl time. <laughs> and the boys are like, okay, fine. You guys yeah, the boys were never allowed to stay. Like, no. So none of no. them were bisexual. They, you guys it, were all... It was... So, like, some of the women were, like, married to men, but the men obviously understood that, you know, their interaction with women was, you know, their own personal issues, and, you know, every relationship is different, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, after a particular photo shoot, uh, there were nine of us, and the house that we were doing the photo shoot at had this gorgeous, like, red, plush sectional sofa with this, like, giant ottoman, perfect for nine women to fuck each other on. Oh, my God. And so, like, if you can imagine, like, nine women, right? Some women, like, bent over the sofa. Some women splayed out on the ottoman, tops, bottoms, hands, everything. Like, it, so much fun, and you get really so into fun. it. And then all of a sudden, um, an... I'll leave her name out because she might hear this. Um, but she she kind of goes, uh, uh, ladies, and she just yells safe word, which if you guys don't know, the best safe word is the word safe word, especially in group sex, because if you don't have time to discuss a safe word, if you're in the middle of an orgy, just yell safe word. Everybody, Everybody knows what it stop. means. a great idea. Yeah. So that. she uh, she yells safe word, right? And everybody's like, oh, man, what happened? So everybody kind of stops and does this and kind of gets. And she goes, ladies, uh, I lost my ring. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, she'd been fucking like a number of different women were like, oh, man. OK, so like all the subs had to like get up and fish around. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> then, Did it fall out of someone? And then finally one of the girls goes, oh, I found it. She bring it back over here. She kind of cleans it off with her mouth a little bit, kind of puts it back on. She's like, all right, resume. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. At least no one had to go finding it for her. Oh, yeah. She was able to fish it out herself. So, I mean, I think we're at that point. We're all pretty in tune with our own bodies. But you can tell. Yeah. You can tell. (laughs) Definitely. Something in there that that shouldn't be in there. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Oh, my God. Sounds like a good time. Oh. Yeah. And you know what? Traveling and working with the Pussy Posse was probably some of the best years of my life. And working with them as a group really helped me come out of my shell sexually. Um, I was raised uh, in a rather like dogmatic and um, faith-based home. So I was raised, you know, abstinence is the only option and, you know, no sex before marriage and human sexuality is like a dirty, ugly thing. And it took me quite some time to kind of pull myself out of that level of brainwashing. I started working in like the fetish kink community when I was very young, like we're talking like 18. Um, But I didn't fully come out of my own like sexual repression until I was in my early 20s when I joined 
that group. Oh, wow. And it was being surrounded by so many supportive women that were all sex positive, mm -hmm. that were all about like lifting each other up and being supportive. Um, you know, obviously there, you know, when you get nine girls together, there's going to be issues and we had our own issues, you know, but we figured it out. We worked yeah. it out. And the fact that we were able to stay together for as long as we did and you know, all of the events that we worked, we performed in Vegas a number of times. Um, one of my favorite Vegas performances was we performed at the Stardust Hotel like the weekend before they imploded it. Stardust. And I love that because I was like, this is where they performed in Showgirls. I still, <laughs> I still have some matches from the Stardust. So oh I was stoked to be like one of the last performers at the Stardust that Hotel. Cool. That is cool. Yeah. So when you do like a show in Vegas, like how sexually explicit does it get? Yeah, how raunchy can it get there? Well, well, to be honest with you, Vegas kind of has more conservative laws as far as like their, what their liquor laws allow you to show True. and not show on a woman's body. Like, uh, you know, if there's liquor involved, then it can't be full nude. True. And, like, they're really specific about pasties. But I got my nipples tattooed, so <laughs> I just, I got sick of nip slips. So I yeah. was like, fuck it, just put stars. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> creative. black? No, no, they're purple. So um, it really depends on the lighting. I've tried to use them as pasties before. Sometimes it passes, sometimes it doesn't. Because if it gets a little cold, then you can definitely tell that they're yeah, nipples. Your nipples are yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, but as far as Vegas is concerned and the raunchiness of shows, it's actually quite a bit more conservative huh. than you would think. But it also depends on where you're performing. Like if I'm just performing at a regular bar, then it has to be a little bit more mainstream. Uh -huh. But I did several years in a row, I worked with uh, the, the event up there, the Fetish and Fantasy, which is North America's largest fetish ball. And it happens in Vegas every year mm. on Halloween. Um, so I did that several years in a row with both my solo work and with Pussy Posse work as well. Okay. So um, Vegas is always fun, but yeah, more conservative than you would imagine. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that so is interesting. What got you into doing this if you were 18? How old were you like w when you lost your virginity? You know, did something traumatic happen no, that turned yeah, you yeah. to sex? No, okay. Um, so that these are all very good questions. Um, I don't know about traumatic, but I just... I, I've always been wildly fascinated with body art from the time that I was really young. And one of the first jobs that I had was working at a body piercing studio. Mm -hmm. So I started working at this body piercing studio, but the people that ran and operated this particular studio operated a group and a troupe that I wound up working with for a number of years called Life Suspended. And Life Suspended is the flesh hook suspension troupe. So it's okay. kind of like, oh, my coworkers... And who are now my friends, yeah. you know? They opened your mind yeah. up to this. And they, you know, they all, I was a Sunday school teacher until I was in my early 20s. Like, working at a body piercing studio, working at oh fetish God, balls, and that. doing doing flesh hook suspensions and telling everybody, okay, I gotta go. I, you know, I've got Sunday school in the morning, guys. Um, That's hilarious. That's Sunday school <laughs> teacher by yeah. day. There you go. I love it. That's good. Um, so... It, it, like I said, took me a minute to kind of shake all of that kind of fundamentalism off. But the cool thing was all of these people that I worked with and performed with, they never once made fun of me for my faith. They never once judged me. They never once said, hey, Danny, don't go to church. Come to this orgy instead. Yeah. They never said that. 
because for a while I was working with and in these communities, but I wasn't yet a sexual person myself. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing is like these people, they liked me for me and there was no judgment about me not including myself in all of their reindeer games. Mm-hmm. They were just happy to have me around for the time that I was around, and I found that to be really refreshing. That and is, eventually, I did yeah. come out of my shell. Yeah, yeah. that's that good. Is very good. Um, so I wanted to know, like, a little bit more about like your tongue. So, so when yeah. did you do that? Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so how did that hurt? I mean, it. It probably didn't it did. feel good. It did. It didn't feel good, and it was definitely painful for like a couple days. But I've had my tongue pierced before, too. And getting your tongue pierced takes longer to heal than getting your tongue split does. Do they cauterize it? So there's several different ways, like like procedural ways that you can do a tongue split. You can, um, you can do cauterization to stop the bleeding. You can do stitches to stop the bleeding. I got mine done so long ago that, like, we didn't really have any of that. I just you know, let the fucker bleed out. <gasps> so I was just, like, every couple Where hours. Where did you get it split at? The piercings, the piercing store, or like the, the piercing, the store. piercing shop. So um, piercing it's, look at look at how like it's, no no it's it's, it's a good question. So there's a difference between like tattoos and piercings and like hardcore body modification. Sometimes there's a little bit of an overlap as far as artists that will do both, but for the most part, it's more of like a specialty item. Right. So it's definitely not a doctor, but it's not right. like your local tattoo artist either. So where did it's it's somewhere in the middle. So um, the man that did my tongue split all those years ago um say so his name was steve hayworth and he owned htc for oh and it stands for hayworth htc was on mill forever that that was the body piercing studio that i worked at oh. when i was 18 that got me into the flesh hook suspension so st- it's st- htc stands for stands for hayworth technological corporation okay. so steve hayworth is the owner and he's still this day considered to be like one of the the godfathers of body modification because he was like one of the first people that started doing the, the more like he he did the silicone implant in my chest oh my gosh um, I never he did he did my ears i got my ears pointed oh my god so is that an implant as well no this right here yeah no it's not an implant um it's like he had to do like a series of preparations along the crown of my ear and then there was like one giant corset stitch and it was like all right danny breathe in oh my god you can go to the renaissance festival now every year (laughs) it's people pay pay for those plastic ears (laughs) yeah did you uh, do it on both ears? I did. Yeah, I did it on both ears, but I didn't Whoa. do it as like a fairy thing. I did it as like a Star Trek thing. I wanted Spock ears because oh I'm, it's I'm okay. a fucking nerd. Awesome. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so you're from the valley. You're from the area. Um, I'm. You know, I was a military brat growing up, so I'm really not from anywhere. Um, I landed here right around high school, so I did graduate from high school in the East Valley area, but. You know, for most of my 20s, I was traveling so much for work that I was out of town three, four times a month. So, yeah, I lived here, but I wasn't really from here. And then after that, I was living and working in L.A. for five years. And then after that, it was, you know, Berlin and Europe for another five years. And I only recently came back. So, okay. I mean, my folks are here. So I guess it's like the closest thing that I have to a hometown. But I've never lived in one place for very long as a child or as an adult. So, are your parents supportive? Are you like, mom and dad, I got the show. You guys want to come and get your free tickets. It's Vegas. Um, I work with the pussy posse. Don't be offended, okay? Uh, I've got some funny stories about that, too. 
<laughs> and uh, then your dad's like drops the flowers and he's like, uh. <laughs> um, so my my father has always been uh, a little bit more conservative than my mom. Um, my grandfather on my dad's side is a or was a Southern Baptist minister, like hellfire and damnation oh Southern God. Baptist minister. Um, so being a preacher's kid, I think he's, you know, kind of a little bit more tied to his conservatism and things like that. My mom is still very much like an, an awesome, sweet church lady. You know, she still volunteers with kids at the church and everything, but she's very supportive of me and everything that I do. Oh, That's great. That. And, um, has she, she seen she, a show? Yeah. So she got a couple good stories oh, about this. Go. Oh, you um, poor so mother. There was, there was one show that I was doing back when I was working with the Pussy Posse. Uh -huh. And my mom had heard all about these like wonderful women that I tour with. And she'd met several of them. And like so, you brought him home. You're like, yeah, hey, my friends, mom. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There was a gal in Pussy Posse that was like my first like long-term live-in girlfriend. Okay. Um. So she met so her. So she met her. Yeah. So yeah. your mom's accepting of oh. your sexuality. Oh yeah, and absolutely. That's good. Hundred percent. And it, well, the only thing that she said to me when I came out to my mom is like bisexual or queer, or however you call it, is she's like, "So I'm really not getting grandkids." Right? That's what a lot of people <laughs> I've heard have said. <laughs> yeah. But nothing else. That was it. You know. Yeah. Um. So there was one show I was doing with Pussy Posse, and I told my mom like, "Hey, it'd be really cool if you could come." And my mom, sweet church lady mom, went out and made a t-shirt that said, because in the Pussy Posse, we all had like P <laughs> oh, names, right? You know, Pussy Posse Prez, yes. Pussy Posse Producer. I was Pussy Posse Pyro because I was the fire performer. Oh. I did fire eating, fire breathing, fire twirling, <gasps> and fire torture. And so... Fire torture? Yes. And um, like so branding? I was... Branding? Um, I do have brands, <laughs> but fire torture is where you do like fire transfers <sighs> off of your skin. So you'll take one torch and you'll light a piece of your body on fire and then like relight another torch with it before it goes out. Whoa. I'm gonna yeah, and then I do that you. on my legs. And then once again... Oh, I don't know how to redo it. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, do, I can do the fire torture stuff on my arms. But then once again, if I have Whoa. a more accepting venue, I can do like a spread eagle thing and then do it square across here. And and let my light my little pussy on fire too. So <laughs> Oh my god. Um Kim's gonna so, try to go burn her vagina tonight for a I mean cheaper than waxing, like, right? Um so I invited my mom to this pussy posse show and she so she goes out and she makes a t shirt in our colors, which were black and red, she goes out and she makes a t shirt that said P two Pyro's mom. Oh, that's, that's cute. And she wore it to the show, and she's standing front row center just clapping that's as cute. I'm pouring candle wax on this girl's nipples and, like, licking it off. Oh, good. And my mom's like, that's my daughter, yay! Oh, my God. That's really cute, <gasps> She's actually. just proud you're a uh, performer. Yeah, and there was a brief period of time when I was about 25. Of course, I had to be a dancer because that was, like, a bucket list item for me is, like, I want to be a stripper at some point, and, like, the best time to do it is when you're 25. Yeah. So I did it for funsies. And um, <laughs> we're like, Mom, come to this place. I'm uh, performing tonight. Uh, so I did. <laughs> and well, I told my mom because I tell my mom everything. I'm like, Mom, okay, I'm working as an exotic dancer, so I am going to be working as a stripper. And she said, You know, I'm concerned about your safety. I, you know, I want to make sure that you're safe, but I'm glad that you're doing what makes you happy. And I was like, Well, how about this? Like, you can come to my club sometime before it's open and like meet the girls that I work with. Yeah. And like meet my manager. And, and she's see like, See what it looks like. Yeah. And so I brought her in one day before we opened. I was doing a day shift and like a couple of the girls were there. So like she met my, my coworkers and 
like one of them had her little son in there real quick before like the daycare like her caretaker came in and got it so she was like oh do you if you ever need a babysitter so like oh my, my mom was like default babysitter for like the girls that I danced with and oh, you know she'd bring so in little funny. sandwiches like oh, that's, oh my cute. God. that's cute I love it that's see that's awesome though because I feel like she's just so open and accepting right. of you because you're her daughter and she loves you and like Whatever makes you happy, she's yeah. going to be supportive of, which yeah. is great because a lot as of people are not like that. As long as you're independently financial, yeah, financially independent, right? I'm just kidding. Well, I, but here's the thing, and I've I've gotten this from like certain family members. My mom's never given me this line before, but I have had other family members say like, "Well, when are you going to grow up and get a real job?" And I'm like, "Well, I pay my bills with real money, so I'm pretty sure right. I have Absolutely. a real job." Yeah, as long as you're yeah. financially independent, I'm right. sure she's like, hey, "Good job, yeah. good job. Yeah. You haven't needed to move back home." <laughs> Come see what you're doing. Oh, probably shouldn't have seen what you're doing. But good job. Um, you know, I think that um, I think that she's just happy that I'm doing something that I love with my life. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you have other siblings? I have. I have one sister. Yeah. And is she as like out there and open no, as you? Oh no, my sister. married my, my kids. Sis, um, she she's not married. No kids. Um, she she did do some modeling work when she was younger. So I mean I, I think that that level of like stage performance is probably kind of inherent. My Maybe so. my mom was um, uh, a NASCAR girl when she was younger, oh, like wow. back back That's in the days so when they still had the cute. girls stand yeah. on the ground with yeah. the. So she was a NASCAR girl. Oh my god, I love my that. mom. My mom has stories about like sneaking out of the house underage to be like a go-go dancer at like actual '60s go-go clubs. So she remembers so, being she a little naughty and rebelling so, herself. Like, so she gets yeah. it. Yeah. She gets it. Yeah. And like I, my mom's a babe. Like I know that I know exactly where I get my body from. Like I love so. Blonde bombshell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, are like, I kind of want to talk about like dating right now. Like, are you dating? Like, how is that going um, with your work? Right, well? right, right. Um, so dating with that type of work has kind of fluctuated, obviously. Like, depending on where I'm living and what I'm doing. Um, like I said, I I came back from living overseas fairly recently, mm -hmm. and it's there's been quite a bit of a culture shock coming back much more of a culture shock coming back to the US than trying to live overseas I found I found Berlin to be kind of like a perfect home for me huh. so it was real easy for me to adjust to living there but coming back was like after being in a really nice hot tub and they throw you into a cold bath and it's like I, I remembered that this was a cold bath, but I forgot how <laughs> no, bad th it was. This is the hot tub. Yeah. This place <laughs> here is the hot tub. Like, like, kind of like tone it down, then, yeah. right? Because there you could be a little bit more right. open. And but I'm, I'm, I'm talking like social life and culturally, not just with my performance. Obviously, my mm -hmm. performances are going to change as well. Um, but just culture coming back here okay, is entirely sure. different, and like trying to get uh, trying to get adjusted to things out here. Um, as far as dating, for the most part of my adult life, like once I was able to, like you know, post pussy posse days and kind of breaking free of that like fundamentalism and like dogmatic Christianity. Um, after kind of separating myself from that and coming into my own psychologically and sexually, I've lived most of my adult life as this very sex positive polyamorous person i've never most of my life i've never had just one partner there's always been like a a, a buffet uh, you know okay. and you know I, for somebody that likes both men and women it makes sense to date men and women and mm -hmm. sometimes that's dating a couple i've dated a lot of couples before mm -hmm. and i find that to be a fun experience oh 
Given the right couple, obviously. I've yeah. dated couples where it was like, okay, I am not your therapist. <laughs> oh, they're like confiding yeah. in you uh, about the you're other. Stuck uh, in the middle. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I came here for the sex, not the drama. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Take that. And also, don't fall in love with me. I'm here for a good time, time. Not, not a long, long time. time. <laughs> um, so, so I've done that. And then, of course, like, it, living and working in Europe had its own set of, you know, both wonder and pitfalls and issues. But, you know, if you want to get real for a second, like when I first got back, I don't know if it was going through a major pandemic and living through that mm. or seeing, you know, my parents get a little bit older mm. and kind of like um, coming to face my own and my family, like mortality. Um, there was something weird that clicked in my brain that made me fall into this cycle of toxic monogamy. And trust me, there's a difference between monogamy and toxic monogamy. And I found myself in a place that I never in a million years would thought freewheeling, fun-loving Danny Danger would be in. But sure as shit, I got trapped by a few of the wrong guys. Mm. And, you know, it ranged from, like, mediocre to downright abusive. Yeah. And I went through that for that first, like, section of time that I was back in the U.S. And, um, Interesting. Yeah. And about hmm. seven months ago, I just said, fuck it, I need to be single and not see anyone. Yeah. This is about the time I was telling you my hair started falling out. Okay, <laughs> stress. So stress. Or stress. Makes stress. Sense, for sure. So I was like, okay, I got to see a therapist and get on some medication and, like, take some time <laughs> off. <laughs> so men have brought more stress to your life than nine women fucking you on a couch? Well, what I'm does that say? <laughs> what does that say? You need to do better. <laughs> well, but you need girl, to do better, men. Girl, don't get it twisted though. I've I've had some women like seriously retaliate. There was a gal that I broke up with when I was a lot younger, and bitch lit my mattress on fire. What? She said, "If you're not gonna fuck me in this mattress again, you're not gonna fuck anybody in this mattress again." Lit my fucking mattress so on fire. So bitches be more crazy, Is like vindictive. <laughs> men are more like uh, narcissistic and, and psychologically abusive. abusive. Psychologically yes. abusive. Yes. yes, totally. Women are just We're crazy. Just Outright, like, like you're, you're, we're, we're gonna light your mattress on fire. I'm not gonna fucking hide I'm gonna this. cut I'm your fucking clothes. I'm gonna key your car. Uh, Put your shit on fire. You gonna start over. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. Men are like, I'm gonna break you down yeah, and control you uh -huh. until you're all and, mine and change you from like, your inside so, out. So there's there's some there's this really interesting phenomenon, and you you two seem like strong, lovely, independent. Beautiful young lady. Fake it till so, you make yeah. it. So I feel like this. <laughs> hey. So I feel like this phenomenon might be something that y'all have both experienced as well. And I find this very interesting thing where a man will fall in love with a beautiful, free-spirited woman and fall in love with that woman and who she is and what she exudes, and then like a flower out of a garden, pick her and then try to put her behind some type of glass case. Mm -hmm. And then as that flower wilts, they wonder like. Why is the flower not pretty anymore? It's like, well, Chad, like <laughs> you've neglected you me, me out of the garden. You That's told me so shut the fuck true. up a million times. Yeah. You told me this. You told me that, and there I sat. Yeah. 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 No and one watered me, Chad. Yeah. Every once in a while, I got some cum on my face. But what the fuck? There's no nutrients in that. There's no not. nutrients. I looked it up. I looked it up. I was like, I'm swallowing so much of this. Does it provide anything? Apparently not, Chad. <laughs> oh so, see? Yeah, so, um, yeah, when I... 
Honestly, like when I came back from Berlin and I, you know, once again experiencing this global pandemic and dealing with like health situations like within my own family and kind of like coming face to face with mortality and being sucked into these like awfully psychologically abusive relationships mm -hmm. made me think that, okay, maybe monogamy is the way to be, yeah. you know, like, and um, I found myself in this just cycle of toxic monogamy. And I, once again, about seven months ago, I broke out of it and um, took some time off for myself. And yes. I'm just now barely after seven months of like therapy and like self-assessment and personal growth, am I able to go, okay, maybe I can open my legs again. You know, <laughs> so I feel like it's you still believe in monogamy so or are you back to your, oh, sorry. Have you not had sex then in seven months? I may or may not have had sex recently. Oh! <laughs> I know, right? So we should have done a weekly recap. I, like, I, I did the same she thing. She did. And yeah. I went for six months without having sex yeah. until I met the right person to have sex with again yeah. and opened myself back up. So essentially, it was kind of the same thing. I went through a toxic, she was yeah. toxic monogamy, yes. and now, now, bet now she knows the difference. Yes. Yeah, again, yeah. yeah. But sometimes you do. It's like a computer, right? When your computer's not working, what do you do? You turn it off, and then you wait a minute, you turn it yes. back on again. Yeah. Same thing with I this like box. That. Hard reset. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard reset. Box. Hard reset. Especially if it's gotten so much play. Sometimes it, it just needs it is to a play. hard reset. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Let it figure out what it needs. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to hear, you were telling me when we talked, this has nothing to do with anything we were just talking about, but when we first spoke on the phone, you told me about a performance that you did in Poland, I believe. Oh, everybody and loves to hear about yes, the Poland performance. Yes, I want to hear about it. So this is what, I, I told her about this when Great, we were talking about Right, yeah. Yeah, um, so. Okay, so what, so I have like different set numbers to um, different songs that I do with like, you know, Pre preset choreography and preset props, and once again, depending on like the venue and the allowances for it, um, it can get more and more extreme. But one of the acts that I have is called Naughty Nun. Um, in this case, it was na Naughty Naked Nun, um, <laughs> at, where I have like a a full nun habit, but of course it's a tearaway outfit. And um, the song that I use is a Persifer song called um, Revelation Twenty Two Twenty Two, and if you've ever heard the song, it is. So Sexy as hell. Like really? I could probably come just from listening to the music. It's you that listen good. to that band, haven't you? It's to it. okay, it's like good. Cool. It's yeah. that song. That song in particular, mm. <laughs> blasphemously delicious. Okay. Um, and so I I use that number for it. And of course, there's like a, a strip tease where it's like the the nun tearaway outfit until and the tearaway undies and everything. And then eventually, I'm down to nothing except for usually these boots, and then like the nun habit. And I, at some point, take a giant crucifix and kind of tear it away. Like, the beads fly everywhere. It's very dramatic. And then, toward the end of the song, I take that same crucifix and I masturbate with it on stage. And, um, you know, when I do that in Berlin... Just, they, like, on the ground? You just lay on the ground? And no, no. Leg up, leg up on the chair that I was chair dancing on. So, is the crucifix... Like shaped like a dildo. Like how is it? Is it an actual crucifix? Are you inserting it? So no. It's, so it's clitoral masturbation. Okay. okay. Sometimes, okay. sometimes I play with the opening a little bit, okay. but it's I'm not I'm not shoving the whole. Yeah, right. Like those that might be right. Painful. So how come well, you never went into porn? So I did. I, I was never 
into like porn in the traditional sense that you would think of it. I did sell some sex tapes when I was in my 20s, but this was back before the advent of like Pornhub and these like streaming services. This was back when you could actually make five grand make selling, money on selling a sex tape. Mm -hmm. So I produced my own content. Okay. So, so you was, have done that. I have done that, but it's only ever me selling sex tapes of me and whatever partner or partners that I was with at the time. But some of my sex tapes do involve, you know, me using the taser on my nipples while he's fucking me from behind and like Does so that guess, feel good? I like it. Oh my god. <laughs> I, there's something about electricity that is uh electrifying and it's very <laughs> stimulating for me. Like I love feeling the taser on my tongue and on my nipples and on my labia. I like it's, if it's changing you on a cellular level. Maybe it's making me a superhero. <laughs> Maybe so. If I grow a tail, that'd be lovely. Because I could really use the balance. You'd probably like that. I would. I'm like, it in your show. I'm like, ooh, this is something else I can stick in a hole. You're like, fuck, <laughs> fuck my tail. Fuck my tail. Fuck my tail. Do they, do they make tail-shaped condoms, sir? <laughs> What's the craziest thing you've ever done? Fucked a midget with my tail. <laughs> oh, I can't call them that. So have you ever thought about doing OnlyFans then? Um, I don't like the hustle of it. Okay. The market's very saturated. Yeah. Um, in order to, I, I have. You a, might have some great fucking content. I, 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 I mean, would like, uh, that is not mainstream. Blow up. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a lot of hustle involved. Yeah. I you know I've thought about it. I, I totally support my sex worker sisters. Um, this is another thing we can touch this on. Is another too. Like, avenue. Um, yeah. I'm I'm a member of like the sex workers union in Europe. Like oh, okay. it's it's unionized yeah. over there. Um, so I, I support my sex worker brother and sisters. Um, I've definitely worked in and around the community quite a bit. But as far as like having my own OnlyFans, like. Do you feel like that downgrades you a little? No, no. It's it's not a it's not um, an issue with downgrading. It's just maybe it's just because I've turned into this like bitter old lady that doesn't want to learn about social media. Oh, it's a more work. And, for and you. I'm like, it's so much creation constantly, and it's yeah. hard on to, to keep up with new it. Content. Yeah, yeah, and if you're not producing content every day or every week, and, and you like, have to constantly be taking pictures, pictures or videos, and I'm just yeah. editing. I kind of, I, you know, if if OnlyFans were a thing when I was in my 20s, you I might have had the gumption yeah. to do it. But uh, nowadays, I, to be honest with you, I pay most of my bills as a paralegal. Like, <laughs> so I've gotten to the that. point where I'm like, she's like sexy paralegal yeah. today. But you've realized yeah. that you actually need <laughs> yeah that that consistent income yeah so that you can rely I, on. So I was able to successfully be like a full-time professional performer for the vast majority of my adult life, like pay all my bills that way and everything. So it was great that I did it for the time, but you get to a point where it, the hustle is just too much. Yeah. And I'd rather have a serious page, like a yeah. steady paycheck. Right. You know, to know you're gonna actually consistently right or God go like God is this venue owner gonna pay me at the end of the night? Is mm -hmm. wh where's my next gig coming from? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So do you? This has nothing to do with that either. I just like ask. <laughs> That's okay. Go. Because they're just popping in my yeah. head. Okay. So when you have sex, do you have like? Is it always intense, crazy sex, or do you ever have like missionary? Sex. Missionary is one of my favorite positions. Okay. Missionary is one <laughs> of my like, favorite she's positions. She's normal. No, it's not. Uh, it's not yeah. I just, a lot of people I don't expect that. Because, a yes, lot of people because... don't expect that. So 
My thing is, um, especially on stage, but even just on the streets, I have a very commanding presence and I have a very dominating personality. Uh -huh. So I'm five foot 10 flat foot. And if you put any type of like boot or heel on me, I'm closer to six feet tall. Yeah. For a lot of my life, I had a nine inch mohawk on top of that. So like a bitch would have to duck to get through doorways. <laughs> um, so I was just this big and seemingly intimidating person. And I love being dominant in front of people and on the streets, but in bed, I'm like, daddy, tie me up. Da yeah, <laughs> Do be dominated. Yeah, yeah. I want to be dominated in yeah. bed, you know? Okay, that makes so, sense. Missionary is one of my favorite positions because I like being pinned down. Sure. Okay. I want, like, I am such a dominating person in every other aspect of my life that when it comes to behind closed doors, like, yeah, I can dominate a little bit. If I'm with women, I'm definitely more dominating. But if I'm with a man, I want that man to just fucking wreck me. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be able to walk in the we morning. We agree. Yeah, we agree. <laughs> I love that though. That's because I think it is interesting because I was like telling her like some of the stuff I do is a little bit like crazy, but I don't do it all the time. Right. There's like, you know, you get in the mood to do something like a right. little wild a and time sometimes and a place. you just want to be like in missionary. Right. Well, I mean, and we're also only speaking about sex with just one person too. Yeah, so like sure. gr yes. group sex has an entirely different dynamic. That's group true. sex Group sex is one of my favorites because realistically like I have three holes and two hands. Why only occupy one? Oh. <laughs> Group sex sounds like a lot of work to me. Well, okay, so You're I have- like constantly no, working. No, but here's the thing. I have ADHD like a motherfucker. Oh, so you like so to be I'm like, around like- So I like to multitask. Like, poke, next. fuck, fuck, yeah. lick, lick. You, you know, you, you stay with one partner for a little while and it's like, uh, clean yeah. cup, clean cup, move down, move down. <laughs> clean cup, clean cup, move down. It's very Alice in Wonderland kind of trotting Moving around the table. Around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, group sex, of course, has like an entirely different dynamic um, as far as like the switching and rearranging of partners. I always found that, I mean, obviously you need to be like safe. You need to like make sure that the rules are, are discussed before you hop into any kind of intense situation like this. But like, it's fun. It's just fucking fun as in fun fucking. Fun fucking. So <laughs> if, you, if you haven't experienced group sex, 1010, highly recommend. Huh. I have not. I wouldn't even know how. Like, do I invite my friends over? You're like, hey guys, hey, so you're trying like, to experience something. Not like, sure. I know a group besides I you know. all. They're, they're not gonna know what it is. They're like, is this an orgy or is she trying to sell me essential oils? <laughs> oh my god! Oh. I'm not coming to your. I like bringing our products. Party. My, my pampered chef. Hey Kim, got another group party tonight. She's like, I'm leaving before nine this time. <laughs> I'm not staying. <laughs> I'm staying for the whole thing, bitch. I know what you're doing past nine. <laughs> oh my God. So do you have a website or anything that people can like look um, that's, up? And... So that's a very good question. Um, when I was actively doing this as a full-time artist, like I had dannydanger.com and I, you know, I had all of that jazz going. Eventually everything kind of fell to the wayside. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I have uh, Instagram. It's Danny Danger Doodles. I have Facebook, obviously, Danny Danger. Um, uh, am I allowed to talk about my upcoming shows? Yeah, sure, okay, yeah. Cool. absolutely. Yes. Um, so my, well, my next performance is a Houston show. I just headlined uh, with a troupe of mine. This is a Agents of Lust Love is one it. of the performance okay. troops that I work with. We do, um, once again, it's like fetish themed, but we do a lot of grinder work. I do my bed of nails for that, which I can talk about here in a minute. Oh, yeah. 
Um, but so we headlined at the Pomona Body Art Expo. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Body Art Expos. They have them here through Phoenix. I've seen. I've yeah. Seen, but yeah. So we headlined the Pomona one. We blew the lid off the place and they said, please come headline Houston. Mm. So they're flying us out to Houston at the end of the month. We're going to be headlining in Houston. Um, but my next local show is at the 44 in Glendale. Okay. And I'm going to be doing that on September 9th. So, so what kind of show is that going to be? Um, that's going to be just the, the fetish themed circus sideshow. Um, my bed of nails, which has only four nails on it. Um, if you think about a traditional bed of nails, they usually have about 400 nails on it. So that's just, that's simple math, right? That's weight distribution. Right. If you lay on four nails, it's not going to hurt you. If you lay on four nails, however, that's going to hurt. They're about the size of railroad spikes and I get one in each shoulder blade and then one in each butt cheek. And then on top of that, once I do that, I have like an added bit that I call the lesbian bed of nails. So I have another girl lay on top of me in the 69 position. <sighs> Unfortunately, we're doing this at a bar, so we can't do the live sex act. We have to keep our clothes on. Hate so it. she still lay in, on top of you in the 69, 69 position? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, so, so we, clothed. it's clothed, but it's the same. Scantily so it's, clad. It's scantily clad. <laughs> so it's more for the performing arts. arts of it. Right. Not the sex. Right. Okay. But it's still doubling my body weight on four yeah, nails. Sure. Yeah. No matter what, even with clothes on. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So you brought one of the nails with you. I did. I didn't. I should have it over here. I can fetch it. It's what is it like a? It's a railroad. It, it's it's. I it's mean, it's big. big. It's big. I, I get it from Home Depot. They use them for turf. Oh, I know. It's what like you're one of those big old about. turf yeah. nails. Yeah. Oh my Dang. God. <laughs> I just got turf put in my backyard. I think that's a euphemism. Yeah, hey, right. Uh, what maybe does that so. mean? <laughs> but this but is it, awesome. Yeah, but yeah, for me, shopping for like props and stuff at Home Depot is always a fun experience. Like the last time I had to go pick up nails, they're like, "Oh, do you?" I was trying to just say like, "Oh, well, the the spare nails, like, the big ones." Like, what do you need like, this they, for? They said, oh, like the kind you use for turf. I'm like, well, I'm not using it for turf. And then of course the. The, the young men at Home Depot yeah. want to know what I'm doing with turf yeah. nails. They're like, why do you only need four? <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you like hammer it into a piece of wood? Like how do um, you So the, the bed of nails that I have is about yay big and I've drilled like preset holes okay. in there. Okay. And that way I can, like I can take the nails out and it travels easier. It. Okay. So you just like slide the nails through. Huh. Um, I, but the, the board keeps the nails from like falling over, yes. obviously. Yeah. So right. yeah. How long do you lay on it? Um, once again, that goes back to the concept of me being a contracted performer. Okay. So if the length of time that they need for something is a little bit longer, I can extend it. Obviously, if I'm just doing the bed of nails by myself, I'm not gonna lay there as long as the time that it takes to like rearrange somebody on top of me. So that really depends as well. Same thing with the flesh hook suspensions. Like if I've been contracted for, you know, music videos or, um, just working with bands on stage and they'll want me for like one particular song. So I'm only up for like three and a half minutes. I've done art gallery openings where I've had to stay up for six hours. Whoa. That was the longest I ever stayed up on and flesh the, hooks. And the piercings you get that day? Yeah, right before. Do, oh, wow. I don't, like, I don't know if you could see. And then you take them all out after your performance? Yeah. yeah, so that the process of getting them taken out is quite interesting too because once your whole body weight is hanging from yeah. that hook and the hook is pulling up, what that does is Embeds air, air gets trapped between <gasps> the containous and subcontaneous layer of skin because the air gets kind of sucked in. Right. So once you take the hooks out, there are these like big bubbles 
around the area and you have to go through a process that we call burping. You have to burp the skin. So the person that's taking the hook out has to like massage those bubbles of air and out. And push it all out. And it kind of makes this farting noise. Oh and my like God. blood bubbles everywhere. So. <laughs> Before I they can even move the ring. No, no, that's after that. they after they take the hook out. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. So you have to get the skin burped, and like the longer you're up, the more air you have. And th but the thing is, if you don't get that air burped out, it stays in your skin. It it'll dissipate eventually, but it it ah uh, it makes you very stiff. Ow. Yeah. So huh. it's very uncomfortable. Huh. This is so interesting. We're both like what? <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. We talk to each other about our sexual experiences and we're like, oh my God, we're so cool. And then we hear yours and we're like, I need to try new shit. <laughs> I'm boring as fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> we're both gonna go home and be like, so uh, babe, I got these hooks. <laughs> you need to burp my skin after, okay? But for this one time, you get to fuck me and eat my pussy, hang you from the ceiling. <laughs> And I could never withstand the pain. I cry even getting a tattoo. Well, I do too. I, I do too. I could just could never. <laughs> I cried even when they pierced my nose. It's so cute though. Oh, thank you. I she like cries it. when you, she gets like Botox. Seriously, stuff. I have to have numbing cream for Botox. Yeah. Which is <laughs> fine. That's fine. Kim's just like, I'm like Kim's like just shove it in. I just had like I had Kim red gets put filler in with lips. no numbing cream. She's like, just do it. I'm all no, no that's uh, that's that's the same thing for me like people ask me all the time like oh which tattoo hurt the most like as far as placements concerned and my answer is always as long as it takes like a very quick amount of time it, the, the amount of pain doesn't matter if it's done and over with quick just yeah. get in get out get it done yeah um even if a tattoo is on like an easy spot, if you're under the needle for six to eight hours, it's going to hurt. Yeah. And it's gonna be sore. Yeah. 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 So for me, it's a, it's a time thing, exactly. Yeah. So if you could just get in, get out. Yeah. yeah. That's how I am. I'm like, do it quick. Just do it quick. So you said you're a paralegal, though, yes. in your daytime yeah. or whatever. But um, so do you feel like once you get more into this like routine of being just a mainstreamed adult and all that, are you, do you eventually? take your cross out or um, so stop doing a, your shows? A lot of my modifications have come out, but only out of necessity. Like I had transdermal horns for a really long time and those had to come out. Um, I had magnets in my fingers and those eventually like oxidized. Wait, why? Um, to you know, stupid human tricks. Like I could move metal around like fucking Magneto. <gasps> oh my that is God. Wild. I've that was one of the things that. that helped me win that dating show is like one of the guys, because you know you go on like dates and like one of the, because yeah. it was elimination styles where the guys had to eliminate the girls, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. And I, I had to do something. I was against these like sample size bottle blondes, you know? And I, so I had to so do something. So you were the coolest so, chick on so the show. So one of the guys said, well, how about you show me something I've never seen before in a real sexual way? And yeah. I was like, I can move metal with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> she won the fucking show. I love this. I'm so going to go back and watch that episode. That is like, hilarious. Sure yeah, I, I mean, I had my first and last name on there, Danny Danger. Okay. I'm sure that you can look it up. Look I, it up. This, was, this was probably um, tw sometime in the 2010s, Okay. I would imagine. Okay. Yeah. That's oh my gosh, funny. I yeah. love it. <laughs>
Well, we want to thank you so much for being on our show. Make sure you guys check her shows out. For sure. Um, we'll have your socials up. I don't know cool. if you post any of the stuff there. On yeah, the yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to start doing that again. You have to. I, I just started performing in the States again very recently, like within the last year. Okay. Oh, so, okay. like, um having to restart again yeah, yeah 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 but we would love it if you guys checked her out if you have any questions make sure you guys um dm us you can also dm danny danger and then wherever you get your podcasts make sure you check us out there we're on youtube apple spotify all that good stuff all right thanks for joining us we'll see you next week on we're hard bye, bye.